Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked up. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Deal Dash and by Bet Online. Go check both of those out for great deals and if you want to place bets on sports. So listen, big news today, at least Tuesday, this will obviously come out Wednesday morning, for the Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford had a false positive COVID-19 test. He is now activated. He is back and active. Actually, so is Gardner Minshew, also back active. But Matthew Stafford is back and active for the Detroit Lions. And let's make one thing perfectly clear. And we're going to spend a few minutes here on the podcast about this today. The Lions clearly seem not all that thrilled. Matthew Stafford's wife is clearly very, 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 very angry at what happened. There is no doubt about that. And I'm going to show you that or have you listen to that through two statements. I'm going to read you the Lions statement about Matthew Stafford. And then I'm going to read you Kelly Stafford's message on Instagram, which is frankly just fairly scathing. Here is the Lions statement. Today, we removed Matthew Stafford from the COVID-slash-IR list and onto the active roster. As a result of a false positive test result, he was forced due to NFL-slash-NFLPA protocols to sit out until he received two negative tests. His testing sequence for the pre-entry period was negative, negative, false positive. The next three tests were all negative. To be clear, Matthew does not, and that was capitalized, have COVID-19 and never has had COVID-19 and the test in question was a false positive. Also, all of Matthew's family have been tested and everyone is negative. So that's the Lions statement. They're making clear and frankly, they have not made statements on any other player uh, or any other situation and they've been very strict about following NFL and NFL PA protocols. So for them to come out and make a statement saying it was a false positive shows I guess how annoyed they were and obviously maybe how annoyed they were at some of the reporting and that it was out there and Albert Breer had you know said that Matthew Stafford had tested positive, which technically was true and that happened on Monday and here we are. But here is Kelly Stafford's statement. So this is, like I said, very, very emotional and very, very angry. 
and very, very understandable why she would be. From Kelly Stafford, quote, The past four days have been somewhat of a nightmare. For 24 hours, we believe my husband was positive for COVID. We were all tested the day after, and we were all negative, including Matthew. Then he tested negative again, then again, again, and again. After his second negative, we were made aware of the false positives and how this was one of those cases. I have been losing my mind because of how my family has been treated since my husband was put on COVID IR. Even after we knew it was false positive, our school told us they were not allowed back. I was approached in a grocery store and was told I was endangering others. My kids were harassed and kicked off a playground. I was told I needed to wait in my car when trying to pick up food. And people closest to us had to get tested just so they could go back to work. And that's just to name a few things. I don't blame these scenarios on any of the people directly involved. I understand where they are coming from. But I do blame the NFL. I blame the NFL for not holding themselves accountable. These are people's lives and livelihoods that are in those results in their test sites. And there was was capitalized. Maybe we should be absolutely positive a person has COVID before releasing that info to the world. I'm sharing our experience because I don't want it happening to any other family that plays for this league. We are thankful for all those who called, texted, emailed, and showed concern for Matthew and our family. Your thoughts during this strange, difficult time are greatly appreciated, but we are all absolutely fine and feeling great. Thank God for that. And then in the comment section area, Kelly Stafford added, and part of why she wrote what she wrote, quote, I would also like people to know if you saw me out and about after this, it was because we already knew it was a false positive. We would never chance endangering anyone with this virus. If we have learned anything in the past two years, it's that we know the value of health and the health of others. So those are Kelly Stafford's words. And there is no doubt, zero doubt in my mind that she would not risk anyone's health. She would not risk her own health. She would not risk her family's health because of COVID. Like there's no doubt. And in part because, as we talked about a couple of days ago, as we've talked about in the past, and as I think everybody knows, Kelly Stafford had a brain tumor last year. She had surgery. She didn't know what was going to happen. She thought she was going to lose her hearing, potentially. So they understand, the Staffords get the seriousness of health issues, of health scares. They had another one due to a false positive last weekend. So I totally get where she's coming from. If I was in her position, I would be livid as well, especially knowing what they know and, frankly, the public position that they hold. And I get it, for sure. I absolutely, absolutely get it. I understand where she's coming from blaming the NFL because it is tough. It is difficult. And I I would say I think the NFL is in a really difficult situation and position here because they kind of they you know they they haven't gone in a bubble it's not like the nba it's not like the nhl where you can say hey these people tested positive for covid19 and maybe not release their names because they're in a bubble and and nobody will know except that they won't be playing in a game you know major league baseball has kind of been in a similar tricky situation i think to the nfl so I get that it's a hard situation to be in from the NFL's perspective, although they could just not announce the names. But then there's speculation all over the place. And let's be honest. Let's just be real here. Those names are going to get out. One way or the other, it's going to happen. 
We all know this. Heck, the Lions would not acknowledge whether any of their players took positive tests or were just in contact tracing situations or close contact because of NFL and NFLPA protocol. They wouldn't even acknowledge that. And yet it still got out that, yeah, guess what? Matthew Stafford did actually have a positive coronavirus test again because Albert Breer reported it on Monday. So these things will get out. It's just unfortunately in a lot of ways when it comes to, you know, listen, I'm a reporter and my job is to get information. When it comes to health, it gets a little bit trickier. That's for sure. And yeah, you look at this and you say, okay, what does all this mean? Well, I think back to top-ranked boxing. I think back to how they handled things at the beginning. And listen, they announced when a fighter was positive and out of a fight. Michaela Mayer was out of the first fight back for top rank back in June. And guess what? She had a false positive. She was pulled from the fight immediately, had to drive back to Colorado, took a couple tests in Colorado, and then had to wait a month or so to fight again because of the way that their training and boxing goes. So that was just the reality of everything for Michaela Mayer. False positives do happen. It's No test is 100% accurate all the time. I think we all know that. It's just You've seen that in life. You've seen it in testing throughout everything. And I think we all know too that, yeah, COVID is still a learning process for a lot of people. We're still getting a handle on it as a country. Doctors and epidemiologists and researchers are still getting a handle on things and trying to figure it all out. So yeah, I'm not surprised that there are false positives and we've seen it again with Michaela Mayer, maybe with not with Juan Soto and obviously now with Matthew Stafford. So it's unfortunate and you know, maybe the NFL needs to consider reconsider how they're doing things. I don't know. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, top rank boxing, it took a few weeks for top rank and for the Nevada State Athletic Commission to alter some things. They didn't necessarily alter their reporting strategy, but they altered whether or not a fighter was immediately ineligible uh, if one of their cornermen tested positive, which was a problem there. They altered some things. They, they talked about maybe if there was an inclu- inconclusive test, that they would get tested again immediately. So I don't know the answers here. I, I don't think anyone does. I don't think there's an easy answer. I don't think there is necessarily a correct or an incorrect answer when it comes to all of this, just because of the realities of the situation, especially once a season starts, because let's be honest, if the season starts and someone tests positive on a Friday or a Saturday and they don't play on a Sunday, well, everyone's going to know one way or the other. Now, that's one thing. The second thing and the shameful thing about all of this is how Kelly Stafford and her family were treated. And that's just awful. It's sad. And listen, I get it. I'm, I'll be the first person to admit when I see people walking around without masks in a grocery store, I, I cringe and I shudder. There's no doubt about that. That happened over the weekend when I went food shopping in Ann Arbor. That there's no doubt about that. No masks or mask, the mask underneath the nose, which doesn't really protect nearly as much as, as you would think. But for me, to treat them like that is highly unfortunate is it's just sad and listen i get it because matthew stafford and kelly stafford and their kids are public figures uh they are very well known in detroit uh 
So if people see them, yeah, I think that they, they'd be like, why are you out because of COVID? And, and that, that's, always, that's a question. Uh, and, and I get it. But it's just unfortunate. The whole situation is just unfortunate. And you know, I, I don't know the right answer here. I don't know if anyone really does. But you know, th- this stuff, this, hope, hopefully these things don't happen. Hopefully these things get worked out and get ironed out. And I think that that's why Kelly Stafford's speaking out about their situation because they don't, as she said, I don't want it happening to any other family that plays for this league. And I understand that because, yeah, it contact tracing especially affects a lot of people. It affects people being able to go to work, being able to do their jobs. And, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know the answer. But that is what happened to Matthew Stafford. That is what happened to the Lions quarterback over the last few days. And it's just all really unfortunate that that they had to be that they were harassed and they had to deal with that while again kind of knowing it was a false positive, but at the same time Matthew Stafford was on the COVID IR and you know, maybe maybe there needs to be more upfront honesty. I don't know. I, I don't know again, I don't know the answer. And it's just something I think the NFL and, and teams and, and players and coaches and family members uh, are going to have to figure out. We'll be back right after this with a couple of other things that happened today when it comes to the Lions because a couple players talked as well. Sports are back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's a promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. And have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every time starts every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ROTHSHOW or DealDash.FM backslash ROTHSHOW. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash ROTHSHOW, R-O-T-H-S-H-O-W. Now, back to our show. So welcome back. Uh, one other piece of Lions news along with Matthew Stafford. Justin Coleman came off the COVID reserve list. So that's good news as he, you know, as we reported last week, he was feeling good even after the COVID test came back positive. So the fact that he is back is a good sign for the Lions. That means also a better sign for him and his health as he had multiple negative tests to get back. So three of the initial eight Lions who were on the COVID list, Isaac Nauta, Matthew Stafford, and Justin Coleman, all back to action now. Beyond all of that, the Lions did have two players speak to the media today, on Tuesday rather, and 
I thought some of it was pretty interesting. Uh, most of it from kicker Matt Prater. So Matt Prater is going to have a new holder for the for his first time in Detroit because Sam Martin's in Denver. He said, listen, that's going to take reps. It's going to take time to get adjusted. Personally, I think by the time the regular season comes around, he will be fine. Matt Prater's 36 years old. He's a pro. He knows what he's doing. He holds the record for the longest field goal in NFL history. And yeah, I think he will be absolutely fine as long as the holder knows what he's doing, whether that's Jack Fox or Aaron Sipos, or maybe the Lions try to do something else if they feel feel good about maybe Chase Daniel holding or, or something like that. Uh, because backup quarterbacks have held in the past in, in you know prior iterations of the NFL in some ways. So, yeah, I think that whole situation will be fine. And Dom Muehlbach or Steven Wordle, obviously a lot of people think, myself included, they'll still be Dom Muehlbach snapping the ball to him. So that, from an operations standpoint, is something with Matt Prater. He also has the Bud Light bet with Brandon McManus. Uh, whoever makes, between the two of them, the longest field goal this season wins free beer for their city. And Matt Prater explained how that came about. He's friends with McManus. Obviously, the McManus was actually the reason that Matt Prater ended up in Detroit back in 2014 because the Broncos cut Prater after his four-game suspension and the Lions needed a kicker. The Lions brought him in and it ended up working out well for both Prater and for the Lions because Prater found a new career here in Detroit and he's built a home here and his family lives here full-time. And then for the Lions, they got one of the most consistent kickers in the NFL. Prater's made a Pro Bowl since he's been with the Lions and Frankly, he would go down as the best kicker in Lions history had the Lions not had Jason Hansen. So, yeah, it was a good move all around. But now there's a Prater-McManus bet. So that's something for beer lovers in Detroit to pay attention to as the season goes along. A little bit of, you know, kicking following. And we'll follow it along here on the podcast as well. Maybe do a little bit of a, an update week by week of, of where, it's, where it stands for your Bud Light beer. One question I asked Matt Prater, which I was really curious about, was what he's going to do with his kids. So we've talked about this in a few different scenarios throughout the podcast over the last few months of how how do you handle this? What do you do with your children when it comes to schooling? And Matt Prater said he's talked with his wife, Katie, about what to do this fall because they have a couple of kids in school. If you listen to episode that Matt Prater was on the podcast a few months ago, you heard a couple of the kids in the background, including Pax, his son, and Ava's a bit older, his daughter, she's, and they go to different schools. So it's a multi-school situation there too, for the two of them. And I don't know what they're going to do. And they don't. And that's what they said. They're still talking about it. They're still figuring out. Matt Prater said his bigger concern is if his kids come home unknowingly and bring COVID into their house and what that means more so than he is showing up at the facility and possibly having it because he knows what he's going to do with his own personal bubble and, you know, go home and do what he needs to do and then go to the facility and all that. But he can't necessarily control what happens during a school day for his kids. And that's one of the questions that I think a lot of players and a lot of players who are parents of school age kids have this year when it comes to what to do with their children. 
And these are conversations that are having, happening across the league. We talked about it a little bit last week. Bob Quinn talked about it during his press conference with the media. Of That was part of why they wanted to have a session with player families. So that way they could ask those questions to talk to schools about protocol. And then they can make the right decisions for their families. So Matt Prater is not, and his wife are not sure exactly what they're going to do. Whether they're going to do virtual learning yet or have their kids go back to school. But it's a tough decision because... If you do have your kids virtual learn, you're you're also taking them out of socialization for potentially a year or maybe even a, or maybe a half year. Maybe you do it just while, you know, this football season is going on. That's a tough decision for any parent, but it's also one that I think a lot of parents that aren't football players are also trying to figure out what they do with their children if there is the option to go back to school or to have virtual learning or distance learning and it's just a real life thing that they're dealing with. Matt Prater said he's not worried about traveling, he's not worried about anything within the facility, he has faith that the NFL and the Lions have good protocols in place to handle whatever could come and we've talked about the Lions protocols on various other episodes of this podcast at length so you know what those are as well so those were some of the things that Matt Prater hit on when he was talking to the media and it was again a pretty interesting 15 minute conversation or so Uh, I'll admit I haven't totally got caught up with Jared Davis yet who was the other player who talked on Tuesday, I was writing the Matthew Stafford newser as that was going on. He was asked, however, about the false positive situation. And you can even sense his frustration because he knows what this could mean when it comes to game weeks and when it comes to other situations in that vein and in that aspect. And this was what Jared Davis said. Quote, it's one of those things that are going to be questionable for sure, but at the end of the day, we knew coming into this that there were going to be situations like this. It's just something that we have to hope the NFL and NFLPA can continue to work at to, I guess, knock things out, knock situations out that are going to come up like this. Yeah, this might be the first one that we've heard about, but I'm sure that there's more that are going to happen. Now, the question and the concern from Jared Davis and obviously from others around the league is what happens if a false positive comes on a Friday or a Saturday, as we were talking about a little bit at the top of the podcast. Well, that means that a player is probably going to miss a game. And considering how valuable roster spots are and what happens if it's a contact tracing situation too, as we've talked about with an offensive line, all of a sudden you lose three offensive linemen to a false positive in contact tracing. Like, what do you do then? Yeah, I mean, you have your backups, you have deeper practice squads, you can sign free agents there. As we've seen, based off of protocols that came out Tuesday, more rules and more, more different ways for players to get signed very quickly. However, those players might not be ready to necessarily play in a game and it alters your game plan. It might, depending on the position, it might change what you're able to do on the fly. And listen, that's part of that is for every team in the league. But again, it goes back to a player or players or teams will probably get very frustrated if it's a false positive that shows up and knocks out four or five of their players for a game because of that. So the NFL has time here. The NFLPA has time. Testing facilities have time to figure this out, to maybe figure out 
again, changes to protocols or what they can do differently. If there's anything that they can do differently, and it's entirely possible that they can't do anything differently to figure this out because they have until mid-September when games start to really work on it and fine-tune it and make sure that everything is right because the Lions or any other team in the league really doesn't want this to happen. Any fa- You never want a false positive situation to happen, but especially if it happened, think about it. If this had been before week one, Matthew Stafford would have missed the first week of the year because he came back on a Saturday with a false positive. And that, from a football perspective, is obviously a big concern for Detroit as well. Most important thing is that Matthew Stafford, his family, Justin Coleman, are healthy and they're back and they're good. But it's just something the league is going to have to think about and try to figure out as things go on here. I want to thank, as always, my sponsors for this podcast, Deal Dash and Bet Online, Regions Field in Ann Arbor. Go check them out as well. And Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein, as always. And you can follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And we will talk with you tomorrow.